I have future wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg run, I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another big edition of the Two Units podcast. More Group 1 racing this week, live from HQ in the form of the Group 1 Maccabi Diva Stakes. We have Footies Fodder, the Sultan's Supper, Pack Your Nags, and we round out the show with our Unit of the Week. My name's Nick Foote. Joining me, as always, is the Sultan, live from the Narry Warren studio. Salt's God's country. Uh, it's great to be here out in Nazawaza, and we got a nice welcome from the locals. They lined the streets as we walked into the business centre, mate, so big show ahead. They did. I, saw, I had a said g'day, a lovely uh, 16-year-old mother of three that I walked past on my way in, Salt's. They uh, breed them tough out here, mate. Uh, well, sometimes they start late out here, mate. <laughs> Too good. This fresh... Delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. So it's time for the supper, named in your honour, where we invite people along that have performed great or just for any reason, really. Like, there's there's no rhyme or reason to this whole segment. You can do anything. You can wipe your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, bringing you along this week. I'm actually stepping outside. I'm staying in racing, but I'm stepping outside of thoroughbred racing and into the pacing world where you and I never venture, let's be fair. Chasing, pacing and racing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going <laughs> to the crims, <laughs> crims on rims sort of operation. <laughs> uh, I'm inviting along the Chicago Bull. Oh, I thought you were bringing along Jordan and yeah, Pippen and I stuff. Wrote it in yeah, this, I wrote it in the sheet as the yeah, Chicago Bulls. Pippen and Rodman were yeah. coming along. Yeah. I finally watched the the Last Dance. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh yeah, you, you told me yeah, to watch yeah. that years ago. Good <laughs> yeah, show. I know, yeah. I'm up with it. I'm up mm. with it. But mate, I was this caught my eye because I like, I don't know many paces, but this is one that I have heard of in the pacing world, and that is the Chicago Bull, trained by uh, Gary Hall Senior and ridden by Yee Hall Junior, uh, and. Nine years old, just retired this week, won 62 races from 113 starts, which is just a phenomenal record. 2.4 million prize money. And look, I don't know the ins and outs of of that particular industry, but that is just a phenomenal effort, you'd think, with over a 50% winning strike rate. Absolutely. Well done to the bull. Just absolutely charged ahead and got it done 62 times. That's (laughs) that's an absolute strike rate. It is a strike rate. And And considering you can fall off the wagon, that's that's a pretty good effort. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) Uh, So it's another invite. I'm bringing a couple of uh, Irish horses along this week. Galileo and Remember When. Galileo! Yes, Galileo Salt. Springing uh, these two horses along in race six at HQ this week, there are three full brothers running in the same race. Oh, which, you've gone with this, which have is, you? Well, I... So... Can oh. I, no, 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 no. Can Controversial. I, can I defend myself here? Because yeah, I, go, I go. looked through this and I was yeah. like, this is interesting because I, I'm I'm delving into like a little bit of progeny mm. and, and having a look and I was mm. looking at this staying race and I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. And I did see it on Twitter last night and you're like, no, no, I'm still running with it. But it, it is incredible and it's unusual and you don't often see three horses, same mum and dad, four brothers running in the same race. So I thought I'd uh, just shout it out on the pod. No, you don't. It takes me back to the glory days of Cam, Travis, and who was the other one? <laughs> who was the other cloak? 
Cam, Travis, and Jason. 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 Yeah. yeah. He shouldn't have got rubbed out 2002 grand final. That was play on. Which one hit their he, team, mate? That uh, was Cam. That was Cam, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you give him a nice boot and a sack. <laughs> but, mate, I watched a documentary on Netflix last night. You're a human doco at the moment, too. Yeah, I'm man. a human doco. I'm a human rom-com. I'm just... I'm a, <laughs> I'm a human idiot, you're really. A f- I'm you're a, joke. a fat joke. <laughs> I'm an absolute joke. But I watched uh, a doco on when we won the America's Cup mm. off the Yanks. And I speak to my old man, and he was obviously around in 1983 when this happened. And he says, well, this is the greatest moment in Australian sporting history. And it's hard to get your head around that the greatest moment in Australian sporting history was winning a yacht race. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't give an absolute flying toss about a <laughs> yacht race, but it was... At the time, you watch the doco, you're like, you know what? That looked like a sick time to be alive and a sick time to be an Aussie. And the, the Australia too led the charge, funded by Alan Bond, who who we know was above board in the years to come with his finances, and skippered, <laughs> skippered by John Bertrand, who was just an absolute psychopathic weapon, designed by a bloke by the name of Ben Lexon, the mm. boat, like changed the, the face of yachting worldwide he designed this winged keel that no one else had come up with and the yanks were flat about it tried to say that he didn't come up with it because he only had three years of formal schooling education he was just like a a a sea urchin just a full (laughs) wizard just used to imagine things and create them and get them like like correct in terms of the engineering and stuff so just and we went over there and we took this cup off them and they just hated it. They'd had it for 132 years, the Yanks. And we went over there and we beat them in a best of seven series. And we took it off and we just sent them packing. So I'm bringing the Australia 2 and, and the America's Cup back to Australia. Oh, good on you, mate. I like that one. No worries. That goal regulation says a one! Oh, you will listen to every damn word I have to say! I see no finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'm calm! Packing egg salts sort of long run gear here for me i've had a furnishings foot they're calling me and i've had a and i've had a bad week in this space and two things (laughs) i've ordered a new couch and a new bed in the last two weeks well in fairness i ordered the couch four months ago and i just got here that is double comfort yeah so that's the the two most comfortable things in the world so we'll get to comfort in a moment but Mm. for now let's focus on the courier aspect of it so I waited four months for this couch to be delivered. And then when it landed in Australia, it was another four weeks because of trucks, whatever. It got here. They gave me a time frame. You know, you always get a time frame between between nine and three on Wednesday. Oh, oh perfect. It's going to be between the 4th of September and the <laughs> 18th of November. Yeah. So between nine and three on Wednesday, be home. No drama. Six hour window. What else am I doing? So oh, heaps. <laughs> yeah. So waited at home. Lucky it was a Wednesday doing the form. So mm. it was good. Um, and I'm sitting around and I'm waiting and it finally turns up and the, the couriers, well, they've come in to the house and they've had to remove the packaging at the door. Now, they've put the couch in. My house has just smelt like an absolute ashtray for the next 12 hours after they've left. Let, we'll park that for a moment. Couriers and removalists. <laughs> yeah. They've got a good history. But they've brought it through, set the couch up, whatever, taken their photos to make sure they're right. And then they've just rolled out and there's just about a metric ton of packaging left 
like at my door because they unpackaged it before what they bought it to in. Do with that? So it's just sitting at my door. That they, should be part of the delivery. You they, take as well. <laughs> they didn't even acknowledge that they were leaving it and it's just left there at my door. And Is that standard practice? Oh, apparently it's in the fine print and I'm not a real fine print operator. So couriers, nah. packing ags, packaging, well, that's a disgrace. I'm not a fine print operator. I actually got put in a human centipede once when I agreed to something from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> human centipad. Uh, the second one. Speaking of, um, we're still on furnishings foot. Uh, native animals. There's a brand of bed uh, in line with oh. a native animal, and Thought I you're setting po- koalas packing. <laughs> well, perhaps. Oh, that's, <laughs> I was going to say like kangaroos, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe kangaroos. Yeah. Who knows? But got, got a mattress online, and it's a bit of a risk because I've got this absolute cocoon of a mattress at the moment, mm. but it's it's terrible for the old uh, thoracic sort of region. So I'm trying to get something a little bit firmer, but. They've actually delivered me a door because it's like sleeping on a door, like real sort of Titanic in the ocean stiff? stuff. It's so stiff. And have you read reviews and people? Like, mate, I, I thought I did my research pretty well, but I've it's just so far off it. And I haven't slept. The missus hasn't slept. And they've got one of those one hundred and twenty day returns. Mm. And six days ago, I've given the I need to get rid of this, and they haven't even got back to me. Like. They'll take me money and deli- deliver it within a day, but they just take, they're just really sort of dragging mm. their feet. So the old mattress is back on, the native animal's gone, and they've just got to pack their nags. No good. They're too busy chewing on eucalyptus leaves, <laughs> like. Or is it the kangaroo mattress? <laughs> yeah. Hey, mate, I'm, um, I'm getting a bit lazy here because. So I've brought to the supper the Australia too. <laughs> oh, no. And now I'm sending packing the New York Yacht Club. <laughs> So the New York... The Sultan of Sailing. Yeah. So the the New York Yacht Club was the club that had, had defended the title for the Yanks. And you should see this doco, these wanky, hoity-toity, <laughs> just complete tosses. Like just the most elitist group of people you'll ever see just... So much money just splashing it everywhere. Would you expect something different in this in this game? Mm, well, no. <laughs> but still, it's just like the type of person that I just detest. These yeah, yeah. absolute just wankers. Like, you know, I could get in there if I wanted. <laughs> New York Yacht Club would just get let in. But, yeah, I just want to send them pack. It, just, it goes against everything I stand for. I I'm public schools for life, mate. And they, they definitely went to private. Well, I, re- I reckon you're pretty safe out here at Nary Warren. I reckon she's a long <laughs> way from the New York Yacht Club. So that's for sure. And if it's real, I don't want to know. Just tweet. It's footies fodder. <laughs> All right, time for footies fodder where we put out the tweet and uh, our unit army tweet in. And uh, the topic this week, Salts, so well, J-Mac's got a tough decision to make, doesn't he, between Animo and Zaki, two absolute stars. And we wanted to know, what's the hardest decision you've ever had to make? And we've had a few few come in, a few good honourable mentions, and uh, we'll get to the winner a little bit later on. But uh, anything from you, from hard decisions you've had to make, Salts? So I had one, I got one this weekend that wasn't, it's not exactly a decision, but I'm a groomsman in a wedding party mm. and the pies are playing a, a do or die semi-final in front of a sold out MCG. So 
<laughs> I've had to make the decision to just be a good bloke. <laughs> so where are you sitting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, front row of the altar, mate. <laughs> good on you, mate. Good on you. Um, for me, just because it's fresh in the mind, we're out here at Narry, and I went across to the Narry Warren Westfield and there... This isn't cultural appropriation here, but uh, I went to Bruce Lee Sushi. Let's just confirm. It's actually called Bruce Lee it's Sushi. It's called Bruce Lee You're Sushi. You're not having a lend. I'm not having a lend. Yeah. Uh, and I had to toss up between, because I, I was starving. I had a mm. big drive out here and I was like, I'm going to need something in the gut. So I ended up going, I ended up going like two vegetarian options. Yeah, and that's smart. I went one, I went one teriyaki chicken roll, but I think, the old Mrs. Sally Manella could be hitting me with an absolute <laughs> bus come about 4pm, but we'll hopefully... Uh, yeah, you we'll, don't get the salmon from Bruce Lee's. Yeah. <laughs> how, can you, how can you name your joint that? All right, honourable <laughs> mentions, Rob Fly. Cowboys 2015 grand final on a Sunday night in Sydney or wife's C-section booked in on Monday morning on the Gold Coast. Chose the GF, Cowboys win, arrived half an hour after the birth, still married. Interesting one. I like, wonder if it was first kid or not. Like That can often make a big difference. But I tell you what, he'd be sitting down now, and if, if he's a cow's man, he's thinking, geez, I made a good decision because one of the great grand finals of all time. Robert Moran, watching my kids play in a basketball grand final or watching my horse run at Caulfield. Mm. There'll be other grand finals. <laughs> I'm not sure there will be, Rob. They don't, they're, not, they're not easy that, to come by grand finals. Well, that was sent in by Robert Moran, and I reckon he made the right choice because... The Morans haven't had great success watching kids' sports in Melbourne. So, um, I reckon he might have made the right call, Rob. Good luck to your horse. Uh, moving along, Mugs punting. Our uh, boys up there in Queensland have sent in hard or soft shell tacos. That is a hard choice, but boys... Old El Paso, you got to get the hard and soft kit. That's just a no-brainer well, for that, me. It's that meme. Why, why, yeah. why have both? I love yeah. having both. <laughs> yeah. The hard ones are good. You put them in the oven for just a little bit, and mm. they like, and it completely changes the taste of the shell. It's outstanding. Beery, steamed or fried, always a pretty hard choice. What are you? Uh, oh, I I like fried way more. I, I'm I'm actually both. I yeah. like them both equally. I honestly don't like one more than the other. I had one the other night. I went to this new place called Easy Street in North Melbourne mm. and I had this dumpling and that just arrived and I just put it straight in my gob and there was it was about a million degrees <laughs> inside. It wasn't one of those ones that had the soup inside. Yeah, was it, it was like so much water. They need a there warning. There was so much water yeah. inside and I've I've literally had to regurgitate it in front of me, mates. <laughs> amateur hour big time uh josh reed's got deciding which game to rent out at blockbuster knowing you're only allowed one and it had to be a weekly Jeez, yeah. Yeah, 80s babies would know that for That's, sure I, I was never a video games man but i this would do the same with movies yeah. my old man would wait in the car go in and jump and get a movie mate I, i'd fairly come spend 60 minutes in there <laughs> I just couldn't choose one. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to take Villa to the Champions League on FIFA 99 if you're only getting an overnight <laughs> on PS1. But you know, silly Krilly to do a full day's work on Melbourne Cup Day or tell the boss I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sorry to hear about the pants, silly Krilly. <laughs> uh, Mick Milhouse. Didn't have to lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mickey Milhouse. Uh, whether I should cancel my two units subscription and sign up with Libby Hopwood instead. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. Oh, I saw you replied with that. Yeah. Why can't we have both? I, I think there's a perfect world where you 
you have both. You have boobs and bets and you have bloody bozos and bets. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new marketing campaign. Yeah. Wait till the marketing team get their stick and their dirty <laughs> mitts all over that one. <laughs> hey, our winner this week, Salts, though, is Charlie Hall. And Chas has uh, he's given it the his, his hardest decision to make is my current girlfriend or her best friend. This was circa 2013-14, so it looks like a good call so far. That is a tough... I had a mate in a, in a similar scenario, and he made the right call as well. So, gutsy effort from Charlie. Gutsy to go public. Do you, know, do you know what's underrated with this tweet, though, as well? He goes, this was circa 2013 or 14. So, he's got like... He doesn't know how long he's been with his girlfriend for. <laughs> and it's not like mm. it's Or a maybe few he dated them both at the same time. He could have done. <laughs> but he's like, I think we started dating in 13 or 14. Yeah. Like, that, come on, man. you got to know that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Top Sport is bringing you something that's better than the best and better than the rest. It's best of the best multis. Your top odds are guaranteed. Just place a best of the best multi across any Saturday Metro meeting to score yourself the top fluck or top dividend from the three national totes on each leg. How's that for top dollar? Download the app today and bet your way. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Best of the best not available WA races. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back, listeners. It's time for Salt Specs, and we have specs across three states this week. We've got that Group 1 meet at Flemington. We've got a cracking card at Rose Hill, and we'll nip across to the Parks track for a tip as well. We'll kick things off at Flemington Salts. Had a bit of precipo last night, but uh, surely not too heavy in terms of track conditions. Yeah, we've had a little bit of Papa Precipi, but there's a, there's a, there's <laughs> a bit a, of rain around tomorrow. Is that a frozen pizza reference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Papa Giuseppe. Yeah. We've, uh, that's all... We'll call um, Pepsi Max Pepe Le Pews as well. But there's a bit of rain Friday, but there's actually a bit of rain race day as well. So I reckon a six or a seven. General West South Wesley's don't reckon that'll have an impact. Rail true. I reckon we'll play fair, mate. All right. Well, let's get started, Salts. You've got something for us in race two, uh, which is an open handicap over the 1700. Yeah, I've got a couple here, mate. I'm going to back Lyrical Lad. I reckon he's a rifle favourite at these weights. I know he's up in grade, but he ran a Cree. Peak figure under 58.5 kilos over the 16.20 here last start. And I think it's key to note that he was off a month there as well. And he's off a month here this week. So being off four weeks, it's not exactly a negative. And, and the Stokes stable is one that can keep them fresh and firing. So I like him. Jamie Mott sticks. He rides at 30.5% for Phil Stokes, which when you're talking trainer-jockey combinations, Lane, Price, Kent Jr. spring to mind, but there's not many better going around at the moment. So he should cover off midfield with a lightweight finish over the top of him. But there's a bit of a ruffio on a spec as well. He's, he goes by the name of Macram. Now, he's got peaks that are competitive in a race of this nature. He was quite good. I know you backed him at a good price at, to beat Flashar at Flemington last preparation. I think we can wipe his last start fail. He's pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia. Now, for those of you that don't know, they just don't go a mile or, or, or a yard. When, when they pull up with cardiac arrhythmia, it's it's a, an, ir- an irregular heartbeat. Away game, pulled up with it and, and retired to stud. So it, you can just forget he went around first up. And it, he had a good jump out between runs here at Flemington. He, they gave him a good hit out. They really shook the reins up through the line. And, and you know, he did extra than what the 800 suggests. And, and he moved quite well. So I reckon he's a big price. So I'll, I'll back them both, Lyrical, Lad and Macram. Yeah, Lyrical Lad, uh, what price are we looking at for the Lyrical at the moment? He's into $3.80, and then you're looking at around 31 bucks for Macram for a bit mm. of a, a roughie. They should get past Johnny Get Angry, you'd say? Uh, yeah, well, oh, 
It, they probably will if Johnny starts now, to be honest. <laughs> no offence, oh, Dan. It is extraordinary. Like for, I know I was the derby, but for a Group 1 winner, I've never seen an SP profile post a Group 1 win just so toxic and horrible and path- or toxic but long, I should yeah, say. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's but, absolutely. You know, I think we've given, we've given Johnny a fair <laughs> old bath. Oh, oh, I love low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So <laughs> crap. Knock them so. while they're down, guys. <laughs> Knock them while they're down. Uh, mate, I'm uh, kicking off in race three at Flemington. It's the listed Captain Teeb stakes for the three-year-old fillies over 1,100. And I've found one here, Salts, from the New South Wales Provincials that I'm pretty keen to have an each-way bet on at a big, big price, and that is Kin for Team Godolphin. Now, she's a last start 900-metre maiden winner at Newcastle. This is Newcastle. a massive price, isn't it? 51 bucks. Yeah. 12 bucks to place. So she's a last start 900-metre maiden winner at Newcastle, and I just think she's well and truly over the odds, and I'm sensing a bit of a pattern with the stable with this. And uh, sh- she's run here before at the straight with two minor placings as a two-year-old before heading to the Percy Sykes, where she ran home for a gutsy fifth on a heavy 10, but she's definitely more effective on the better going. I just think James Cummings is outstanding at bringing these horses from the New South Wales Provincials to Melbourne, to City and listed grade or group grade in this case. So, you know, I backed Kalos last year. I've spoken about it at nauseam on this podcast, but Kalos went from a Hawkesbury maiden to a group two Danehill next start and won. Then you had Hellfest who went from winning a benchmark 64 at Gosford to the Group 3 Typhoon Tracy at the Valley and won. Both of them were at a big price. Kin follows a similar trajectory to that. And I'm keen to play each way. Yeah, there's another one as well up in Sydney, Golden Mile. He won a, a Ballarat Maiden and then he, he kicked him off in a Group 3 up in um, Sydney recently. He ran, a, he ran a Stormer behind Gabao, his favourite up there in the... Um, the Ming Dynasty this weekend, so yeah, they 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 aim them high, mate. Yeah, and you know, like it, fifty-one bucks and twelve bucks the place. Yeah, I'll have a dabble. You only need to have a grand on that to have a good win. Yeah, I would have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, race four salts the soft till listed handicap over fourteen hundred, and uh, I've got another bet here, mate. I'm with uh, I'm with the Bermudez. I think uh, Bermudez at four forty just picks himself four from four first up. Does his best work fresh. Loves Flemington. He's effective uh, from 1,200 to the mile. Proven first up at 1,400. Five from seven on soft going as well. Last prep he went to Caulfield was uncharacteristically poor. He then followed up with a dominant win at, at Warrnambool during the carnival, running a new career peak. And, yeah, I'm pretty keen to be with Bermudez at 440. I think the the trick, perhaps, with Bermudez, here's the map. Uh, so going to need something nice from Stackhouse, probably something luck, some luck to slot in. But uh, yeah, I, I think first up he could be the best horse there. So I'm I'm uh, siding with him in race four, mate. Yeah, he's a good horse. I I, I would have loved like I'm not going to question Mike Moroni. I just would have loved two jump outs to fourteen hundred instead of one. He, he resumed at twelve hundred last prep, sprinted hard, but geez, got a mean turn of foot. I, that's a um an interesting race as well. It'll be interesting how how Pinstriped comes back for Enver Jusifovic. We know that he was he was quite luckless in the Australian Guineas and then you know just bit in the deep end at, at weight for age after that. But good horse, yeah, interesting race, mate. Good luck, Bermudez fires fresh. Yep, uh, race five salts. It's the Group One Maccabi Diva Stakes weight for age over the mile, and we'll get to our hundred dollar betting strategies in a moment. We might just talk about the race, but there's eight acceptors this year. 
past three editions, we've seen Gadding win at 101 bucks in 2019. Fierce Impact won for Matty Smith in 2020. And last year's winner was, of course, eventual Caulfield Cup winner incentivized. So this is the second... What I wanted to make note of too, though, Salts, is this is the second feature race in a row in Victoria that's not in the quaddy. So we had the Fian last week and we spoke about the six acceptors in the small field. And again, we've had eight runners except here. What are your thoughts? It's interesting because the quaddy looks bloody hard this week. Like race six is a 2,500 metre open handicap. Like there's two schools of thought. It, it puts more value in the quaddy because there's a bigger field and it's harder to land. But, you know, what deserves to be in the quaddy more? The Maccabi Diva stakes or, or an open handicap over 2,500 metres? Like clearly the group one should, should be a quaddy leg. I think race what? five is probably one too early. Thought it'd be a given. Yeah, all, all they need to do is swap those two around, and I don't think anyone blinks an eyelid, do they? At all, at no. all. Uh, mate, how do you see this race unfolding? We might get to our betting strategies. Yeah, I'm staying out of the race, but I can see why people are against I'm Thunderstruck. You, you look at the replay out of the Memsey, and you think, geez, you want to follow him to a mile at Flemington because he's run the fastest last 600 of the race. And Well, he did have the advantage just getting a bit of room. He got a really nice ride. I know that the the winner was off and gone, but he was able to build the revs at the 600 and and have some galloping room. He's a big boy. He's just not going to get that from barrier one. I reckon he'll probably plonk the leaders back. There's not much speed in the race, but your alligator blood will lead. Tim Clark's coming down and ride him. So I've got no doubt that they'll go forward on alligator blood. The other one is uh, Western Empire. I, I reckon that he will sit outside the leader. So then you've got I'm Thunderstruck on the leader's back with the horse leading a Group 1 winner, the horse sitting outside the leader, bloody good horse, and, and going to strip fitter. he come off a long break. So it's like, where, where's he going to get out? Mm. It's an interesting one. The one that I think... Well, he's at the track. He's at the right track to get out. Yeah, like, yeah, he is, but you can still get boxed in there. Yeah. If there's two horses in front of you going well, you don't really have anywhere to go. I'd be more concerned if it was Barrier 1 Caulfield. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. If you drew barrier four, you'd back him. This is a yeah. This is a group one. Mark Zara is an aggressive hoop. Yeah. I th- I think I think Thunderstruck is the horse to beat. He's the clear on top. Well, you're just gambling that he's going to get the luck. Yes. Yeah. The the one that I think will make his own luck will be Cascadian, and I mean that in the fact that he's going to settle last, but he's going to be one off. So if they're going slow. At the 600, Blake Shin can just get going. If he gets going, he's all of a sudden a three-wide line on the move. He actually ran the fastest last 200 of the Memsey Cascadian after mm. he got out because he was held up a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised Blake Shin gets going and then I'm Thunderstruck's on the fence. So what what I'll do is I'm going to have uh, 30 bucks on Cascadian at 6 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have 40 bucks on Alligator Blood at 5 bucks. I think he's, he's he'll go forward and well, lead. He's just and, the natural leader. Yeah, he's the leader. Yeah. The other one, I'm going to have 10 bucks on She's Ideal, best of the best. First up, a couple of preps back 1,400 metres, rattled home. Now, huge forgive first up, last prep, but then second up, went to a Group 1 mile race, only beaten by Very Elegant, gave a horse, uh, think it over, Windburn, like ran on strongly. Her trials have been okay, but in the small field, I wouldn't be surprised if she charges late. So I'll have, yeah, 10 on her to win best of the best and and 20 to place. Okay. Just on alligator blood, the, the booking of Tim Clark is, is key there, pushing forward. Yeah, well, it's front. a big day in Sydney. Yeah. Like, it's a big day in Sydney. What's mm. he coming down for? He's not coming down to take a sit on Alligator Blood in a group <laughs> one, is he? 
Yeah, well, we'll, well see. What are you doing, mate? Yeah, so my – yeah, I'm from a tipping perspective. I'm staying out of the race yeah, as yeah. well. But uh, where my money's going, $50 on Thunderstruck, best of the best. I, I think Allig- I think a bit more money well, might come for the blood. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking – I'm Thunderstruck might drift a little. Yeah, anyone here that wants to back I'm Thunderstruck, he will drift. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah. And then, and then I'm just looking for value because I know you've landed Snapdancer and it's sort of blown me out of the water after one group one a little <laughs> bit in this competition. But I think Regal Power fixed at $19 and $3.40, $25 each way, I think is over the odds. So I thought he was good first up. Yeah, he was very good first up and... Uh, I had a bit of a chat to the uh, to my connection at O'Brien Racing during the week, Salts, and uh, got the got the box tick that he's just flying at home as well. So, um, all right, so let's go to race number seven, Salts. We hey, we both like something in this race. It's yeah. uh, it's Group Two for the mares. What are we looking at? It's the Let's Elope Stakes, and it's over fourteen hundred meters. I'm having a couple of bets here. I'm going to back Flying Mascot as my main. But on paper in this race, there's a distinct lack of tempo. A horse like Lady of Honor will go forward. But Flying Mascot just maps to stalk her and pounce. And you know what? If she's going way better than, than Lady of Honor, like the fact that she's led in the in the past at Flemington and won, I don't think there's an issue of her getting too, too soon. I, I know there's only one bend at Caulfield, but when you're first up straight to 1,200 metres, it's still not ideal being three wide, punching the breeze. I thought she stuck on really well first up mascot and she jumped out really well a couple of times on heavy tracks so uh, i don't hold any any fears with the soft track with her i think she's the the map horse and, and gets a great run the one the other one at a big price i want to back is fortunate kiss she's got no like ratings or time figures that are going to plonk her in the market so that's why we're getting a price but i can just sort of see her improving like a stack out of her first up run i was over over the shorter distance at, at Caulfield, she rattled home the third fastest last one of the race behind the boys. And, you know, it's the sixth fastest last uh, 600 of the day. She's jumped out between runs, which I like. And, and she jumped out on the bunny, sort of sat outside the leader. So it's another one, like in the race, lacking a bit of tempo. Like, I know you'll discuss her in a bit, but I just thought the map for Kiss on all four cheeks. She, she had every right to run past Flying Mascot first up, given the running trends. Her barrier is a bit sticky today she, she can get a good ride she's a good horse I, like I, i'm not laying her or nothing but yeah fortunate kiss can go forward i reckon she could jump out of the ground but i, I think flying mascot's the one to beat I, I, she should be favorite in my opinion so flying mascot at four dollars sixty for salts and fortunate kiss at twenty six dollars for the bowman yard and they've had a pretty tough week that stable mm. with be good to your mother obviously passing yeah, so um, that'd be a nice way to, yeah. you know, cheer, cheer up the stable. I'm sure. Same if, silks, I think. Those, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The same yeah. silks. Yeah. Um, mate, yeah, as you alluded to, I'm with kiss on all four cheeks. Uh, yeah. You spoke about the Cockrum and, uh, I think like you, you said she had every right. Uh, you said kiss on all four cheeks had every right to go past flying mascot. I think if you look through the middle stages of the race actually had to work quite hard. So, Ran the race fastest splits between the eight and the six and just didn't get a genuine chance to relax, like was squeezed between runners. She got clear and finished off only fairly, but I think we'll just take plenty of fitness from that run. Just a proven second up performer, four starts for three wins in a second. Mark Zara goes on. He's one from one on the horse, which came at this track and distance back in March in that group three Shaftesbury Avenue. Uh, 
map is tricky, which you alluded to, but Zara's going to be all over this. He knows it's going to be a tricky map, so he's going to go like he's going to go forward. He's going to be positive on this horse. So I think absolutely prime to win this. Nick Ryan gave a huge push on radio, Good like stable. a huge push, and he they don't mind. Around a, when they, he, don't, yeah. they don't mind a punt. And yeah. yeah, and I think this is this is the target for this horse. Mm. So kiss on all four cheeks for me at four bucks. Thanks for coming. I'll have one of those as well. <laughs> rusty trombone. <laughs> yeah, it's a real sort of face cheeks and bum cheeks. Yeah, four cheeks, isn't it? Sort of four cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll come back there later for some two units, but Rose Hill salts. I've, def- I've been steering clear of Rose Hill this week, but you, you always find a couple up there. What can we expect with track conditions? Yeah, mate, rails five metres will be a seven or a six. The, the weather's clear on race day, but there's a bit of rain around tomorrow, six to ten mils. Uh, we had a meeting here in late July where the rail was four metres and a heavy eight, and it was actually really fair, so... I'd expect that it's all right. Like, I'm, you're not looking at any sort of on-pace bias or anything. Yeah. Rails bias, at least. Good. We like that. Mm. We like just like fairness more than anything. Uh, race eight. Jeez, we're kicking things off real late there, Saltsy. Race eight, which is the Theo Marks, the Group 2 quality over 1,400, and uh, you're pretty keen on one. Yeah, I reckon Mr. Mozart will win this. He's, he's unbeaten on wet tracks. He gets one here first up today on the back of a couple of lovely trials and the first one was quite soft and he still beat Ellsberg the second one Ellsberg led he sort of spotted him and, and Pikey shook him up a little bit but Jeezy Breeze passed Ellsberg in that second trial it was lovely work very strong through the line and I find it hard to see Ellsberg beating him off those work I, I know that he's three from three or whatever he is first up might even be four from four Ellsberg he's a good fresh horse but Jeez, he's a good horse, Mr. Mozart. And what he does do is he, he maps for just the sweetest tag. So Ellsberg will go forward. So will Prime Candidate. And it, it, it's just like the most ideal running rate in, in racing when you've got two that clear out and then you've got enough speed to clear the rest and just tag them in isolation. So you just get, you, you get galloping room. You're just able to follow them into the race, peel out when you want it's just beautiful and i expect that's what he gets for the whiz who's three from three on board and that's the last three so he does it on all tempos as well slow and fast very talented horse and he he got better with racing i expect him to just keep getting better with racing as well you've absolutely whizzed him three dollars sixty mr mozart for the whiz (laughs) hey (laughs) i am convinced i'm convinced that um colding is allergic to getting on a float and traveling south like I'm just convinced. Like co- constantly running on effect rain affected ground. Yeah. Well, what's he going to get at Flemington? Oh, don't necessarily have to be this week. It's yeah, yeah. It's he's a tough one. Yeah. But, but then they like you look at him though, and he ran that really good race up in Queensland, yeah, beaten front. by Numerium. Like yeah, all up in the lead up to that, he was going terribly. But like you need to run him to get fit. For them, when he gets the two thousand meters, he can actually find a good track right. and be ready. Yeah, it's just first. he's just there for a effectively yeah. a trial, isn't he? Yeah. Um. All right. Race nine, Salts. Where are we off to now? Race nine at Rose Hill. It's a uh, it's a Group Two. Uh, it's the Scirocco Stakes, and what do we got? Oh, she's our old mate. Mm. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'll be following you because I just feel like I have to back this horse uh, Shades of Rose every time it jumps out because. It was a DNF on one occasion. Yeah, it was, and since then, uh, like she got, she was a little bit unlucky subsequently to that. But 
I know it's since McDonald's gone on board, she's been airborne. Rachel King gets back on, but I think the recipe this week, 54 kilos, she's been absolutely busting the clock in lower grades. Now she she gets the minimum. I know she's drawn out, but if she drew barrier five, she'd be two bucks sixty. So, you know, you're getting anywhere when you, you can shop around, get three thirty. You can get anywhere around three ten. And if it wasn't for the barrier, she'd have that two in front of her price and. The fact that she's she's hard fit, she's here with a fitness advantage on on a main danger, mm. and she's drawn out. Well, you just go forward like it's the biggest no brainer ever. You you go forward. Something else wants to kick up. You work, you work, you fit. She might not lead, but she'll probably sit outside the leader and just what she's doing on the clock. I'm I'm believing that she's ready for this, and and it is a step up. I know she's out of an 88, and this is a group two for the fillies and mares, but. You know, it's back against her own sex, yeah. and it's it's not the deep. It's not she's not thrown into the deep end by all means. No. I don't think. I, I think she's ready. What I will say about Shades of Rose is I've I've um, projected this horse into stardom because I've tipped it twice on the show. It was a DNF into uh, yeah. into a second to the Big Easy. That and was like eight wide, no cover, and has now gone on an absolute treble tear. Yeah, I've launched. We'll this get horse. back on for number four. I've mate. sent it. Well, I'm just going to follow. I'm not going to tip it. I'm just yeah, going to follow yeah. your yeah, tip, yeah. so I'll win. Mm-hmm. All right, that's how we roll. Hey, let's duck over. That's Rose Hill. Let's duck over to Morfittville Parks, and I've got a quick tip for the listeners. There, it's race five. It's a benchmark sixty-eight over the fifteen fifty, and I like Polani at three dollars ninety. Here, uh, David, second up against a, a host of Adelaide horses that have just been going around since the mid-90s. He's only had 11 <laughs> career starts, this four-year-old, so is lightly raced relative to the field and has upside. He was beaten last start in a class one at Bendigo by an absolute smarty pants for that Nick Ryan stable <laughs> in Mr. News. And I think he takes improvement from his last run and it just looks like an old cross-the-border kill job for Danny O'Brien, I think, here in, in Polani. So I'm siding uh, with Polani Race 5, Morfittville Parks. Unit. It is now time for Unit of the Week, where we're trying to raise some much-needed funds for Save a Horse Australia. We have Jared, who's our Unit of the Week this week, and it's actually, I should mention Isaac last week, who was had Eduardo, so we got a W on the board last week. So. Did we back him best of the best? Fuck, no, he got we, to a best. No, we, no, we didn't. It was awful. It was actually crap. I usually ask the, the Unit what mm-hmm. they want. Not he would have taken it. He was keen. Yeah, so we um we actually took... It's still money for, money in the pocket. We, we actually copped 220 and then deductions. It was it was just some of the... It was awful. It was awful on my behalf, so I apologise, Isaac. But uh, a W nonetheless. And this is who Jared, our Unit of the Week, likes this week. G'day, units. Thanks for having me on board. Hoping to find you a winner and get some money for Save a Horse. So my bet comes up in race five at Flemington in the Maccabi Diva Stakes, the Group 1, and I'm siding here with I'm Thunderstruck. He's drawn an inside gate, but with Mark Zara on board, I think he can overcome that. Getting to 1,600 metres and Flemington second up, his run behind Snap Dancer was awesome, and he ran home in some quick times. And it was a very good return. I believe he's primed up second here. Hopefully he can get the chocolates and get the job done. Happy punting. 
up the units. Oh, thanks, Jazza. <laughs> up, up us. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, Stick it up, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thunder, nah, 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 nah. That's good. Uh, Jared, I'm Thunderstruck. We're locking in best of the best for you, brother, mm. on I'm Thunderstruck. Yeah, it's already locked in. It's on. Uh, we live and learn on this show, Salts. Good call. Uh, two units, best bets around Australia. Mate, I'm heading back to HQ. Nice and early in the day. I love having a best bet in the first. I don't know why. I just really like it because there's a bit of anxiety around best bets. Yeah. And, if you, and if you can knock them over pretty early in the mm. day, it... At A, you don't have to worry about it anymore yep. or you're just sad. B, <laughs> you got a pocket full. So I'm going to the listed Poseidon stakes for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings over 1,100. And it's a case of the uh, flying doormat versus old uh, barrel chest pigeon legs in uh, <laughs> Dual versus Brereton here, mate. But I'm with Dual at $2.60, uh, the flying doormat for the Anthony and Sam Friedman team. He was so impressive on debut as a two-year-old over this track and trip back in May and he jumped well and, and he did a bit wrong. He over-raced in the early stages, but still let down very smartly and put them away. He was quickly put on ice after that performance. Comes back here now as a three-year-old off a couple of really nice trials at Flemington. One of them was on the course proper, so he's had another look around the straight. I think Mark Zara goes straight to the middle of the track. It's a simple case of catch me if you can and duels my best bet. And, uh, Mark Zara, I think I'm with you all day, mate. So please, <laughs> please have a great day. Put Zara. That's, God, that's, that's so unimaginative. That's so tired. It's just pathetic, isn't it? It's tired. So just been, yeah, give the listeners a, a bit of a heads up. We've just done a three units with Catherine Coleman out here at the uh, Nary Warren studio. So uh, the boys have been podcasting for a long time. And HR, actually, I think, about to be called because we haven't had a break. Yeah. Th- Fair work. We've got a couple of Coke No Sugars, but we have to pay for them. <laughs> Now, I'm going up to Rose Hill, race four, number five, hammer on. I think he'll win. He's the best of the weekend. He was a dominant winner first up. The win was very classy. He sprinted hard off a slow tempo. He got a nice run there. He got that run I was alluding to about Mr. Mozart, where two cleared out, and he just tracked and peeled off and said, ta-ta. But he's had four weeks off, and that first up win was at 15.50 metres. Huge Bowman jumped him out just once prior to that. He won running away. He beat a horse by the name of Cognac, who won his next start, and beat a horse that then won at Canterbury yesterday by about four A's down. So although it's midweek form, it's stacking up. And he went and trialled him, Huey, on just on Tuesday, just gone over 900 metres. He went straight to the front. Like the overall time for the morning wasn't like anything to write home about, but he's a 2,000 metre horse that's gone to the front, won a 900 metre trial. So... I think he all the lead here or tag fun fact and he's a he's the best horse in the race at this distance range as far as I'm concerned but he and he's still untapped so he's got all that upside so that four weeks off with the trial I actually really like because of how well he won fresh too so like a horse like Kalino the stable mate he's the second favorite but I just I just don't reckon he'll run 1800 meters this guy's going to be the strongest late hard to beat hammer on Rose Hill race four number five best of the weekend mate two dollars sixty the hammer on we're gonna hammer it's, it's an absolute hammer on shark <laughs> we're gonna hammer on it. <laughs> this is tired comedy yeah it's, it's, it's tired it's, comedy this is just two blokes looking for the lowest hanging fruit <laughs> yeah i don't mind possible it. yeah fair enough but um mate that's it for the weekend <laughs> oh, i'm done it's a good tune it though. is a Who's good this? tune it's fastball the, the oh, way yeah it, it's not that day, day. 
Yeah, nice. It is a cracker. Play it out. Have a good weekend. Yeah, have a good one, punters. Be back next week.